to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia-tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards, and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Pokemon Red and Blue for the Nintendo Game Boy. Pokemon is a game about running away from home as a preteen to hoard animals and force them to fight one another in a never-ending quest for glory. In this classic portable adventure, you can visit casinos, rob graveyards, and attempt to bring down a global crime syndicate. Uh, that is a very interesting intro, Jordan. I have a little bit of an intro of my own as well. <laughs> um, I have that. Pokemon is the story of alternate reality America and a 10-year-old catching wild animals to fight for the sake of his own ambition. Along the way, he'll be bullied and threatened by countless adults. And for what? To become the league champion? I mean, what what's going on here? Wow, I like this. I like that you are finally getting into just digging into understanding the heart and soul of these retro video games. Well, I, I was... So, you, we are big Pokemon fans. We are big Pokemon fans. Yeah, you've been into Pokemon for a while, and maybe you can answer this question for me. Does Pokemon take place in America? Uh, so this is the thing, Dan. I am a, I'm a big Pokemon fan ever since fourth grade, okay? Um, I would say that I'm probably a bigger Pokemon fan than most people. Yeah. And we'll probably get into um, some of my Pokemon exploits, but I don't claim to really... Uh, be an expert on the lore of okay. Pokemon. Okay. I have seen some urban legends about uh, you know, this being like a post-nuclear war sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and that kind of explains why the protagonist's dad isn't around. Maybe he died in the war. Yeah, yeah. Um so I have seen that, and then that kind of explains like Lieutenant Surge. Yeah. And- the lo- the Lightning American. That's where the whole thing came from. Yeah. I, I- one of the gym leaders is Lieutenant Surge. He loves electric Pokemon. It's probably why he's named Lieutenant Surge. You don't think that's just his normal last name? <laughs> and he built his persona around that? Yeah, I don't know. These gym leaders, some of them are like, I don't want to fight you, but I will. But I run a Pokemon gym? Yeah. Yeah. They're, it, <laughs> there's some inconsistencies in this game for sure. But yeah, I, I was like, why? Okay. The Lightning American. Like, what is this character doing? here i know that in some of the later games they have purposefully taken the world map and made them around like um gen the general idea of like different continents or countries Mm. so they have taken that idea um and and expanded it into future games i don't know exactly i do know that the premise of this game was based around the original creator liked to catch bugs as a kid Yes. And collect bugs. And yeah. so that's where the idea for the game comes from. Yes. And I, I can that. tell you, uh, when I was in Japan last year, we saw lots of bugs that and creatures that obviously inspired Pokemon. Interesting. I actually Interesting. made a whole video of... Um, I, maybe I can put that up on our social media. I made a video of filming all the different bugs that we saw that are just straight up Pokemon. Wow. Yeah, the, uh, the bug collecting was something that I didn't know about until I started doing some research. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. Yep. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Pokemon is, uh, it, this is a big, this is a big franchise. Yeah. Do you think that maybe before we dig into the game, we should just do a quick rundown of our own personal histories with Pokemon? 
Uh, sure, let's do it. Because this is a game that was very important for both of us. We were yeah. we were at the age and the right time in history for this to just hit us completely. Mm-hmm. I was in fourth grade when all of this blew up, and the show came out, and the games came out, and the the cards came out, and I wanted everything that had to do with Pokemon. And then, uh, you know, you hit middle school and high school. Pokemon's not cool anymore. Yeah. Um, and then when I got to college, some friends of ours started going to Pokemon, uh, like trading card game tournaments. Yeah. Kind of like as a joke, or at least that was like under the, the guise of it being a joke because they didn't want to admit that they were into Pokemon. Yeah. And a whole bunch of us got really into it to the point where we were spending some money, making decks, going to tournaments. We went to city championships and then state championships and then regional championships i went to multiple national championships and one world championship of the pokemon trading card game actually it just came up on my time hop this past week um that eight years ago and 10 years ago and probably also nine years ago but i didn't take a picture i was at the pokemon national championships yeah uh, so i yeah i love pokemon wow. i'm a big fan i am really excited that this is not just our first game boy game but uh I think, you know, we're starting off with a good one, Pokemon. Yeah, I um, I have a pretty long history with Pokemon, not nearly as intense as yours. Uh, I played it originally in sixth grade. I never actually owned a copy of Pokemon or my, my own Game Boy, but I played my friend's copies of Pokemon. All right. And really enjoyed it that way. And then, you know, as you said, it, it kind of wasn't cool anymore, so people stopped playing Pokemon. And then it wasn't until... Uh, a friend of mine got uh, Diamond and Pearl, Diamond or Pearl on his DS that it was like, oh yeah, Pokemon's a thing. Like I used to really like that. Yep. I've got some extra money. I might as well go get a DS. And I, I don't remember if if the the reason I got a DS was for Pokemon or if I, I don't know. You bought a so, DS for PictoChat, but then you, you, <laughs> you know, played some Pokemon. Yeah. So either way, Diamond and Pearl was where I got back into Pokemon and then Platinum was like great. I loved Pokemon Platinum. Uh played Heart Gold Soul Silver, enjoyed that. Never finished it, unfortunately. What the heck? I know. I know. It's a, it's a very long game. And then Pokemon X and Y was the last Pokemon game that I actually bought. So, I mean, I also got into the card game and going to tournaments. I was never as successful as you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was never as successful as some of our friends. My yeah. my brother actually qualified for Worlds. My like Pokemon trading card game achievements was like making it to the finals at a state championship, making it to top cut, which is basically like the playoffs at two regionals, mm-hmm. and almost making top cut at a nationals. Yeah, but I still can. I still claim that the guy who who beat me to knock me out of the playoffs and nationals cheated. Okay, I don't remember his name, but he's a cheater. Okay. He played down a card and then picked it back up. Cheat. <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> the cheat. This was like 10 years ago. I'm not angry about it. <laughs> I, I have tell. a little bit of anger in my I heart. I tell. But yeah, so Pokemon has been something that's been with me for a long time. And I, I, I like it quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that as we look at this game and see what holds up, what doesn't hold up, that we will kind of have some more opportunities to expound on why this game and why this franchise has endured for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something interesting that I did not know about this game was, uh, the reason that there are two versions of it. That's Miyamoto's fault. Yeah. 
I think fault is a good word. Yeah. Uh, so Pokemon, I mean, before we, you know, dive into what the game does well, and this is sort of one of my points, it, it kind of felt to me as I thought about it, like the original mobile game. <laughs> I, uh, this is jumping ahead because I actually had this in my, what the game does bad section <laughs> is that, um, requiring two games to catch them all is a predatory gimmick. Well, so not only do you have two versions, it's like you need a link cable, I'm sure you're going to ask mom, you know, if you got brothers, got siblings, mom, get us multiple Game Boys, gets multiple games. Um, And then the the icing on the cake, the the marketing line, got to catch them all. Genius. You have to catch them all. Or else. Right. You know, it's like, I mean, the, it's, it's brilliant. It is. I um I was reflecting on that while playing this and thinking mm-hmm. they somehow convinced people to buy multiple copies of this game. Thankfully, you know when we first got this game, I got red, my brother got blue, so it was fine. Yeah. Um, and well, I there never you go. That's exactly what I'm talking about. But <laughs> it's not. A, there's only one save file on the game, and we already had multiple Game Boys, so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. We just had them because they're different colors. I never have ever finished a Pokedex in any of these games. That's what I was going to ask you. So no, I get bored long before that point. Yeah. I think in this playthrough, I maybe got up to like 60-ish. <laughs> yeah. So not even about. halfway. Yeah. But um, just the idea of being able to catch them all in a single game. I think that the fact that I know that you can't catch them all in a single game and I'm not about to go try to like trade myself between games yeah. is part of the reason why I've never caught them all. Now, here's here's something that I was thinking about. You know, you had red and blue and yellow. It was like, that's fine. You got different Pokemon in each game. Same game, different Pokemon. Like 11 different Pokemon, I think. Yeah, yeah. But when you get into the later games, there's different legendaries on each game. So how in the world are you going to convince somebody to trade their legendary to your game? What are you going to give them? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how are you really ever going to catch them all? Because it's kind of a catch-22. Well, that's where then you got to buy the Game Shark... Or you got to catch a ditto and do some breeding. Which why is there breeding in a children's game? Yeah, but you can't breed legendaries. Oh, see there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never really messed. I don't want to give up Lugia. Once they added uh, like the Wi-Fi trading, Mm -hmm. I would always trade away my legendaries because who cares about legendaries? And I would trade them for something that I actually wanted. So you're the poor sucker that's helping other people catch. Not a sucker. Who cares? Legendaries are the worst. I they're dumb. I disagree. Never, never use a legendary. I completely disagree. Of course, we aren't into like tournament battling. That might be a whole other like. No. Yeah. And so that was always the interesting thing. When you go to the national championships, you got the gigantic section that is the the trading card game. And then there'd be this little video game section, Mm -hmm. partially just because it takes up less space. Yeah. And there was usually less people competing in it. Um, And I would watch some of that and I'd be like, this isn't interesting to me. It's wild. Like, I feel like. So card games are complicated as it is, but I feel like trying to wrap my head around like what makes a great, like a truly great competitive Pokemon team is just this whole thing where I'm like, I just, I can't even. Yeah. And actually you got your I- IVs, you got your types, you got your moves. Like there's this whole, and all that stuff is, is not that complicated on its own, but it's like once you mix in the natures and like the whole, it's yeah. just, it's very complex and from my perspective i think we'll get into that a little bit more as we get into the episode yeah yeah 
All right. Well, we should probably just move into what the game does well. What do you think? I think that is a great idea. All right. What do you got? All right. And I think that the first thing I want to talk about is exactly what we're just transitioning out of is that this is a great game, both for people who want to just have a casual fun time Mm -hmm. and those people who want to take it really seriously and dig into it. You can dig into all of the stats and the strategies, but also as a fourth grade kid, I was able to beat this game with just a random team of Pokemon that I liked. You know, even uh, looking at Twitch plays Pokemon, the fact that (laughs) a bunch of people were able to beat this game by randomly typing in, uh, you know, directions and button mm-hmm. presses. They were able to beat this game. Shows that you know this game has a simplicity, which is nice. But also, with all of the the depth of the different Pokemon and move sets and strategies, that there is that depth there for people who want it. Yeah. Uh, so when we did the Desert Island uh, NES episode, we played Tecmo Super Bowl, and we were like blown away by this like NES like football game. It was like this brilliant like distillation of an arcade football game down to its like most fun core. And in my notes I have, this feels like the Tecmo Super Bowl of RPGs. It's <laughs> it's distilled down to its essence without a lot of fluff. Um, and it does give you that, that level of like RPG depth, but it's also simple enough for me as a sixth grader to completely wrap my head around everything that's going on in it. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the amazing things about this game is that it has that wide what is it? Yeah, it, it, it appeals to both little kids and to people who want to take it way too seriously. Yeah. And the, the part of the appeal on that point is, is the Pokemon themselves. Like I feel like everybody who's into Pokemon like gravitates towards certain Pokemon. Yeah. And I, I think that's another thing that this game does well is that the fact that there are so many Pokemon mm-hmm. is something that makes this game very replayable. You think yeah. about a normal RPG and how many characters you can have thrown into your party, especially like retro RPGs. You know, you usually have a handful, maybe a dozen uh, characters. In this game, you have 150 different characters, party members. 151? 151 (laughs) party members that you can use, and you can basically beat this game with any of them. You can, you know, there's definitely ones that are better than others. There are definitely Mm -hmm. strategies that are better than others. But if you put the time in and grind and level them up, like you can beat this game with a Rattata. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's interesting. An interesting thought, which I, this game gave me a new section for my notes, which was what the game may or may not do so well. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if we should slot that like between what the game does well, yeah, the game doesn't do well. That's a good point. Um, but that point about a Rattata, if you want to beat the game with that, is kind of like, I'd like to talk about that in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the things, now, help me out here. Okay. Is, is this Nostalgia Glasses or is it not? I have Gen 1 Pokemon down as something that the game does well. Yeah, no, that's nostalgia glasses. Because, like, I feel like while there are 800 Pokemon now, yeah, like, I still always feel like the early generation, specifically Gen 1, I'm like, there's something about these Pokemon that feel interesting and unique. You know, you're not talking about Klefki. You're not talking about Unknown. You know, like, there's just a lot of weird pokemon that happened later on and i'm like there's something about gen one where they all kind of feel 
I don't know. They f- they all feel classic in a way to me. Yeah, no, that's definitely you being blinded by nostalgia. People okay. always point that out. They're like, look at this dumb new Pokemon. It's just a cat. It's like, look at the original 151 Pokemon. Right. This one is just a fish. Yeah, this yeah, one yeah. is just a bird. This one is literally just a pile of mud that they drew a face on. <laughs> oh, compl- look at that. There's two Pokeballs that are Pokemon, but one is flipped upside down. So the white part's on top. <laughs> I completely agree with you. Like, I don't, I'm not going to hate on new Pokemon that way, but I wonder, and I would like, write, write us, please. Like, send us a DM with, like, is this pure nostalgia glasses or is Gen 1's, Gen 1 and Gen 2, like, stronger than later generations, legitimately? No, you're, you're wrong. There are so many good, <laughs> in every new batch of Pokemon, there are good ones. No, no, I'm and talking there are about, bad ones. let's talk about the macro gens not specific good ones bad ones yeah like as a whole you know the original generations of pokemon are they are they stronger you know when you look at them from ten thousand feet versus like picking out individual ones because i mean well from ten thousand feet you're not going to probably see very many gen one pokemon you would see Wailord, um you know probably kyogre groudon so you really wouldn't see any gen (laughs) one pokemon Stop. No, I think I think that that is definitely a trap that a lot of yeah. us retro gamers fall into. Uh, it's the whole like meme of the Gen Oneers always mm-hmm. talking yeah. about how much better Gen One is, and I think that is a load of crap. There are great Pokemon in the later gens. Every generation has great Pokemon. Every generation has terrible Pokemon, and uh, we for- seem to forget the terrible Pokemon of Gen One. Can you name? The terrible Pokemon of Gen 1? Because I just listed I off can't. a whole bunch. <laughs> a whole bunch of what? They're Voltorb and Electrode. Stupid. Muck and eh. Grimer. That's just a, a, <laughs> two different size piles of mud. A whole bunch uh, of them that are just straight up uh, just straight up animals, like seal. You didn't even try. <laughs> you just changed one letter. Seal. He's a seal. Like, there are a ton of terrible uh, Gen 1 Pokemon. This is, okay, maybe this is one of the strengths of Pokemon as a whole, or maybe it's one of the weaknesses, is the fact that they just wander around their house and start coming up with Pokemon. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You, I'm not saying that those are bad things or that, like, Gen, Gen 1 is terrible. I'm saying every generation has strengths and weaknesses. And I'm just talking about Pokemon as a whole, where it's just, like, the randomness of, like, the household items that make up yeah I mean, Pokemon it's just hey look this one is an ice cream cone and yeah. he evolves into three ice cream cones <laughs> but you gotta remember in the original Pokemon hey look this one is a magnet and he evolves yeah. into three magnets <laughs> like come on they've always been doing uh, this this one is a lump in the ground <laughs> he evolves into three lumps in the ground what if we had Dan think about this a two-headed ostrich. Think about it. That evolved into <laughs> a three-headed ostrich. Oh, Pokemon. I, I'm not. I'm not talking trash about Gen One. I love these Pokemon, but people who pretend like Gen One didn't have any ridiculous Pokemon probably haven't <laughs> taken a close enough look at the Gen One Pokemon. Oh man! All right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to something else that the game does well. I like the save system in Pokemon a lot. Expound on that. What do you mean? I mean, like, okay, so I'm going to go f- try to catch Zapdos. Okay, yeah. And I can just save right before I go fight Zapdos. 
yes. fail and reload and fail and reload. And I really like that this this game allows you just to, as long as you're not in battle, save at any time. Now, I played this on a Retron 5 for probably half the time. And I really like the save state feature where I can save in the middle of battles. Because when I went to the Safari Zone, guess who caught all the Pokemon there? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, See, but j- the the save system itself that's baked into it, I do like that it gives you the option to pretty much save anywhere. Yeah, the game save is already very generous. I played on a Game Boy Color and no backlight screen. I went full retro. Ooh, I had to have a light source, a rough. lamp, the sun. That's why you were playing outside. I was. I did play outside, yeah. And yeah, it was it was totally fine. The save state or the the general save in the game is very generous. You can yeah. save anywhere you want. I did save before encountering you know Snorlax, mm-hmm. um, and uh, between each of the Elite Four fights. So yeah, you know it's fine. It's good. You don't really yeah. need the save states because it's very generous and where it allows you to save already. I played half of it on the the Game Boy Advance SP, and the backlight is very nice. I can't imagine trying to play portable games without a backlight anymore yeah no i would definitely like uh, a modded game boy with a backlight would be nice yeah another thing that i think that this game does well is the the early game is done so incredibly well the game starts you off right away with three big choices you have to name yourself you have to name your rival and you have to choose a pokemon yeah and you get three pokemon to choose from i named myself brogus Okay. Uh, I just wanted to stick with my um, Kotor character. Yeah. So I brought him along. Brogus yeah. came along. My rival, his name was SOR3. Okay. So, so, sorry. Um, <laughs> Streets of Rage 3 was my rival. Okay. Well done. I like yeah, that. You need to pick something that you just truly hate deep down inside to motivate you to want to crush them. Yeah. Yeah. I was very creative uh, with my choices as well. You went my, with red and blue? My my No, actually... Um, Ash and Gary. I, I I did go with Ash and Gary. There you go. I I've done um, that before. I'm a sucker for you know my my Commander Shepard in Mass Effect is Commander Shepard who looks like the guy on the cover. My Pokemon trainer in this old school version, you know, back when the anime was a thing and all that. Wait, st- it still is, but okay, you say it. You say the thing you're about to embarrass yourself with. You well, say I know. Never mind. It doesn't matter. To me, the old school Pokemon, Ash and Gary, because of the anime. Although I know that the trainers are red and blue on the original Game Boy. Now I can give you the fact that But I didn't want to care I didn't want my trainer to be named blue. I was like no, that, that's fine. That's annoying. That's fine, but this is the thing. Your rival looks like Gary. I have no problem with you naming your rival Gary. Yeah. But because he is Gary Oak, that's fine. But you are not even though professor oak can't remember his name that's fine he's he's an old man he's starting to lose it as uh yeah this is the thing though you are not ash ketchum in this game you are red you're not the boss of me jordan and the difference is ash i am ketchum, ash ketchup in the ketchup <laughs> ash ketchum is incompetent and terrible and it took him like 20 plus years to be the Pokemon. I'm serious. And he's still a 10-year-old just boy. Just in the most recent just in the most recent uh season did he finally beat uh Pokemon League, okay? You are not that guy. You are uh smart and capable and beat all of the gym leaders and the Elite Four. You're not Ash Ketchum. I know, Jordan, but to me, he just, that's the trainer from Pokemon is Ash. See, I feel like that is a lack of self-love. If you are calling yourself Ash Ketchum, you 
need to spend some time loving yourself, building up your self-esteem, because nobody is that incompetent. Now, typically in later Pokemon games, my trainer is uh, Winston Churchill, and my rival <laughs> is uh, typically somebody named Jordan. Really? Yes. And that's wow. not necessarily your fault. I have another friend named Jordan yeah. who named their rival Dan early on in Pokemon. So I was like, all right, well, I guess that's what we're doing. Yeah, we used to get together and play Smash Bros. And it was Jordan and Jordan and Dan and Dan, which is a lot of Dans mm. because we all have Dan in our name. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's confusing. More than one Dan is more than anybody really wants. <laughs> Also with the the early game stuff is this game does an incredible job of not holding your hand through a tutorial, which is a problem that I have and a problem that many people have with the new Pokemon games is they have dumbed it down so much and Mm -hmm. made the hand holding section of the game so long that it's almost not enjoyable. This game throws you in. The only hand holding section basically is if you try to walk into the grass too soon, Oak comes and grabs you and is like, hey, no, come get a Pokemon first, you idiot. And then you go out and you just learn how to play the game by talking to NPCs or just playing the game. Mm -hmm. And it's not overly complicated. It's, you know, we've all played a Pokemon game a million times. They need to figure out a way to get back to this level of just throwing you into the game, allowing the game to do a good enough job of its own to teach you without having to handhold your way through it. Yeah, one of my notes, I say, I feel like the game doesn't overwhelm you with objectives. You go to a town, fight a gym leader, move on, get stuck, find where you can go, and keep moving. There's something simple about this RPG, and it's kind of the point that I made earlier, is it's like this distillation where you don't feel like you've got too many side quests or too much to do, at least early on in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there were very few times when I was like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, because it's usually pretty easy to walk around a town, see what's blocked off, talk to somebody, figure out what you need to do. Mm. There is a part of this game that is... You know, it's definitely linear in a sense, but there are mm. non-linear sections of yeah. this. There was, I actually got the sixth badge before I got the fifth badge, mm. and you have the mythic, legendary bird side quest things that you can yeah. do if you want to. Like you went and got Zapdos and Articuno. I never bothered. I just there are different ways that you can play this game. I w- at one point you told me you were at Snorlax. I was like, well, are you at the first Snorlax or the second Snorlax? But you actually got the second Snorlax. Well, I was considering the second Snorlax first. And so, uh, yeah, (laughs) there's aspects of this game where you kind of just walk around and figure out how it works and you don't have to do it in a very specific order. But if you ever get lost for too long, just talking to people and looking Mm -hmm. for blocked off areas is going to help you figure out what you need to do next. Yeah. One of the only times that I did end up getting stuck was like right after I think the SSN stuff there was a, t- a part of that town that I didn't like find one of the paths. I accidentally progressed the story too far forward. And so I missed a path because then like you later on can go south and like you have to come back. I think it's like rock tunnel or something where yeah. you need the place where you need flash. I got stuck right before that because I, I had missed an exit to a town. But <laughs> other than that, like you don't really get stuck. I had just, you know, wasted, I don't know, half an hour wandering around the game trying to figure out what I had missed because I knew that there was something that I had missed somewhere. I wasn't just stuck, but I can empathize with that. I know now as an adult, I've played this game too many times and I kind of just know exactly where everything is. And um, it's it's not a big deal. But as a kid, I remember 
making my way all the way through Rock Tunnel without Flash because I didn't know the Flash. <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, oh, teach Flash to your Pokemon and you can light up the cave and walk through. And so I'm like using the brightest flashlight or light in my house to like look at the screen and see the edges of walls. And it took oh me my. forever to make my, even like now, like with the Flash on Rock Tunnel is one of the longer dungeons in yeah. the game. But doing that without any light uh, and getting hit by a Zubat every five seconds. <laughs> but I did it, man. As a kid, I made it through there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I have is the music. Yes. I like the music in this game. It's not all amazing, but most of it's really good. That was actually, this is my my last point here that I have in the good section, is that the music is fantastic. And I, the there are some themes that are just like, all right, forget that. It's not a big yeah. deal. But there is sometimes like when you are in a gym battle or battling the Elite Four and you're like, holy cow, that is some good chiptune. They each city has its own theme. Mm -hmm. Different routes have different themes when you're riding your bike or when you are surfing. There's different themes. And it's incredible the way that they were able to, you know, originally I, you know, a lot of people played this game on the original Game Boy um, without color or even on Game Boy Color. There's not mm. a whole lot of color going on there. Yeah. So they used the music to really make each section feel different. And it's incredible what they were able to do on the Game Boy. Yeah, and especially like the the battle themes or like the some of the sound effects when you're encountering a wild, a wild Pokemon. Yep. Like that stuff to me didn't get annoying, which says a lot for as often as it happens. Yeah. Um, the themes don't feel like, oh, I don't want to hear this thing ever again. Like it just it's, <laughs> it gets tattooed on your brain and it's fine. Uh, so, yeah, the music, I think, is definitely one of the better things about this game. Yep. Do you have anything else, Dan? I do. I got a few more things. Jordan. All right. Let's I hit got a few more things. Uh, like I said earlier in the intro, this kind of feels like the original mobile game. And what I mean is like it's the, the progression can be kind of slow, but it allows you to play for a few minutes at a time. And it keeps you wanting to come back to it. Uh, I found when I was playing it on my Game Boy at work on my breaks and stuff that if I was like playing for like an hour, I was kind of like, eh. I found it actually easier to play on my couch. But I feel like you, this game is designed in a way where it slows you down enough. And sometimes that's annoying, but it, it keeps you around it for a very long time the way it's designed i think that's a good thing yeah and that's something that i've definitely learned um as an older person than as a kid playing this when i was a kid i wanted to speed through everything i would yeah. tr go so far to my way to try to avoid trainer battles yeah and just like try to like blow through things and this time i'm i went and sought out every single trainer battle yeah realizing that if you put the time in and fight the trainers and level up your pokemon uh, you are going to have a much easier time. I remember as a kid fighting the Elite Four over and over and over again and trying to like adjust my Pokemon and uh, memorize who was coming up next. And this time, by the time I got to the Elite Four, I had fought every trainer in the game and my guys were leveled up enough that I basically was just one-shotting every Pokemon yeah. in the Elite Four. Mm -hmm. And it was like, no, I'm not like... There was no imposter syndrome when I beat the game this time. I yeah. knew for a fact that I was by far the greatest Pokemon uh, trainer that ever live, and I earned it. Like you get, oh, you beat the Elite Four. Your your rival is standing there, and he's like, "I am the greatest trainer in the world." And you're like, "Yeah, I'm about to one shot all of your Pokemon. Who's yeah, the greatest? Right. I'm the greatest." <laughs> 
Yeah, I definitely, uh, early on in the game, I was seeking out all that stuff and like trying to take my time and catch Pokemon in areas. But later on, I was like, I have to finish this game. So I started to get into that mode where I'm like trying to avoid all the trainers and try, I'm like max repel and like all this, like just stay <laughs> away from, I got to get through this stuff so I can like beat the elite four by the time we record this podcast. Yeah, I was about to ask now, is that feeling because you were just like done with the game or because we had a deadline and needed to record? Uh, it was because we had a deadline. Yeah. Um, it's like I said, back to the, you can play it a few minutes at a time. I like that. Yep. I like that. I could, uh, just kind of like today I, I turned it on for a few minutes, like trying to find some of the version exclusive Pokemon that I hadn't found yet. Yep. Uh, and so I was like, I'm just going to wander around the Pokemon mansion for a few minutes and see you know, if I can <laughs> see if I can find the whatever Magmar, Magmite, whatever it's Magmar. The Magmar. duck fire guy. Yeah, the duck fire guy. Uh, I was going to see, I'm like, can I find him? Uh, and it was good. Like, I just played for a few minutes and then I was done. Uh, caught a Rapidash. Nice. Uh, or something. Um, I was like, cool. Yeah. Caught a coughing. Like, I don't have these guys yet. New Pokedex data. There you go. Got to catch them all, Dan. I, I have to. There's some, there's just, it's an impulse. <laughs> I can't help myself. There's just something driving me forward. Uh, the next thing that I have is I feel like the, uh, there's good payoff with evolutions. Yeah. I feel like with that slow progression, uh, maybe if you don't know anything about Pokemon, like you're not going to be like, cool, he's going to turn into Charizard. Um, but when you know, you've got something to look forward to, you've got new moves, you're investing time when you get a Magikarp at level five and you know, at level 20, he's turning into Gyarados. So you throw Magikarp into battle and you take him out. Yep. And you carry on. There's it feels so good when you finally have a Pokemon that's not completely worthless. I think I caught like a level 18 or 19 Magikarp. <laughs> so I definitely did not uh have to struggle through that. I paid five hundred Poke to the guy early on in one of the Pokemon centers. Oh no. For a level five Magikarp very early on. Yeah, so you can you can just for anybody out there who hasn't played this game yet and so you don't fall into the same trap, you can catch like Magikarp that are basically at the level they need to be to evolve. Yeah, but then that that same wonderful Gyarados took me through the Elite Four. Was well, that's a good severely under leveled against his opponents. Was still one shotting some of his opponents. Yeah, but I, I going back to your original point here. I agree with you. I never even thought about this before. I think one of the things about RPGs that sometimes make them feel like such a grind is what is the difference between a cleric who's level 40 and a cleric who's level 50? He's got better stats. Yeah. In this game, the difference between your, um, you know, your Dragonair who's level 40 and your Dragonite who is level, I think 55 or wherever he evolves is a huge difference. You have a completely different looking Pokemon who can learn new moves. And that is something interesting to add that into the leveling. And it's one of the things we've talked about in other games, like even in Knights of the round, which is a beat em up Mm -hmm. when your guy levels up, he doesn't just, you know, get stronger. I don't even think their stats, maybe their stats change, but he looks different and he gets more bulky and stuff like that makes it worth the grind when there's like an actual visible representation of the leveling up. Yeah. Uh, The last point that I have uh, is I love your rival. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Smell you later. (laughs) Uh, He's very hateable. He's so terrible. I mean, he's the, he's the genuine worst and it makes me happy. Like just knowing that he's always going to say smell you later. I kind of wish there was a little bit more of your rival in this game, and that's something that they do in the later games is there is more rival interaction, more rival battles. 
but you're right. He is, is great. Uh, definitely very hateable. It makes you like you, you're at a, you're in a, a dungeon and you have fought through so many guys. You're about to get to the, the boss and here's your rival. Like I'm trying to save the world. Stop <laughs> bugging me with a inconsequential battle right now. Hold on. You don't save the world in this game. Okay, you're not saving the world, but you're, <laughs> you're stopping Team Rocket from taking over the Sylph Co., which, you know, if they had all that technology, who knows what they could do, Dan? Now, if they had... Never mind. Well, well so you get the Sylph Scope. Yeah. From... Uh, Rocket Hideout. Rocket Hideout. But you don't get to Saffron, where they're taking over to Sylph Co., till a little later, right? Yeah. So, like... Why did they have the Sylph scope already if they hadn't sort of completed their hostile takeover yet? Um, well, we don't know how long they've been holding <laughs> Sylph Co. hostage for. All right. I mean, you All theoretically, right. you know, it took me, what did I say, 18 hours? Or how long did it take us to beat this game? Uh, 20 is what it took me. Yeah, so I think mine was like 18 and a half hours. Like, theoretically, this was only one day, mm. if you think mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> 20 hours straight. Of traveling around the world. It's like, no wonder those gym leaders didn't want to fight you. It was like 2 a.m. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, What a strange, strange game. (laughs) Do you have anything else of what this game does well? No, but are you ready to dig into like, I have these questions? I'm ready. Yeah. All right. All right. So help me out here. How do the Pokemon that you catch get sent back to the Pokemon box? So um, this is one of the interesting things about Pokeballs is when you catch, (laughs) like, obviously you are not squeezing a two-ton whale into a little metal ball, right? It converts the Pokemon into, like, light. Oh. And then they're stored in there. So if you can transfer a Pokemon into a little, and then even in, like, you notice in in the TV show, the balls don't stay full size. They like shrink down yeah. to like little balls that go on your belt. Right. So there is obviously some sort of technology that they have that can convert living matter into data that okay. you can store in a little capsule or in a PC. Yeah. So I would imagine it's just basically transferring your Pokemon over some sort of um, Wi-Fi connection. That's very interesting. Which is is interesting because what happens if like the internet goes down and you lose like your Pokemon gets corrupted mm. you know mm. there's all sorts of you know urban legends and, and theories that could go into that is that where missing no comes from <laughs> like what's up with Porygon it says that Porygon was the first virtual reality Pokemon but he obviously can exist in a physical space and take damage and you know yeah. there's some aspect of this uh you know, society where they have figured out how to convert living matter into data. Well, with Porygon, like you fight ghost Pokemon and you fight Marowak, who's like the spirit of Marowak. Somehow it's in manifesting in physical form, but you can. Yeah. I mean, like, so there's something to Pokemon that aren't real being real. No, no. I mean, even if they're real, they are using magic. If this was in real world, like, you know, a Pokemon (laughs) shooting out, beams or being able to manifest water or fire like there's some sort of like magical element to them already (laughs) this isn't just like people going around and making their squirrels fight somebody's dog (laughs) like you know (laughs) this is a different reality oh i've never quite thought about pokemon in that that 
lens. There is the theory that it's <laughs> all like fighting dogs. This is all just, um, you know, a dream in the mind of a comatose child. Uh. And they, you know, they collect bugs or they collect animals or whatever. And now that they're <laughs> like in this coma, they're having this dream of this different reality where all these animals have magical powers and fight each other. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad you gave me a good explanation for the box system because I was like, this is just confusing. Um, but it, se- it makes sense. The weirdest part about the whole box system is that until you meet Bill, the public computer says someone's PC. Yeah. And then you meet Bill and now all of the public computers have been updated to say Bill's PC. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. That's, that's very strange. That's weird. All right. The next thing I don't know about is, um, the Pokemon tower seems awfully dark for a kid's game. You got people saying, give me blood. Yeah. You've got Marowak killed by Team Rocket. Yep. Everybody is possessed. Yep. You're a 10-year-old. I'm in sixth grade. How is this showing up in a children's video game? Uh, and is this a good or bad thing? I <laughs> I think that the Pokemon Tower and Lavender Town is, was one of the things that freaked parents out about yeah. this game. And for, for good reason, I think. Like, you're saying like, okay, there's all these ghosts and these psychic Pokemon and mm-hmm. yeah, like everything you just described is, it is freaky. And I, I kind of have a feeling that like if my mom had actually like seen <laughs> some of that stuff, like there's no way. Like my mom um, came home with an email one day because you know, this is like late nineties um, parents you know, yeah. forward an email, print it off and talking about how like evil and awful Pokemon was. And like, we're like, mom, no, Pokemon is about friendship yeah, and about, getting better and growing and 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 she bought it i mean like you know those are the ideals of pokemon (laughs) and you know it's all about like the whole thing is you get to the end you beat the elite four and oak comes and is like stupid gary you didn't realize that the reason your pokemon suck is because you didn't love them (laughs) which is completely silly because he beat the elite four by the way he beat the elite four but he you know what's funny Oak is coming to register his grandson as the champion. Mm-hmm. You beat his grandson before he ever gets registered. Does that mean that he never got put into the Pokemon <laughs> Hall of Fame because he technically got defeated before? Like he takes you in yeah. to that area, the Hall of Fame, and registers you as the winner, but totally leaves his grandson, which you just <laughs> erased, which is basically the grounds for creating a serial killer. You're taking somebody who's already a narcissist, who's already way too into themselves, and now you're like erasing their only major accomplishment in life. And <laughs> you have usurped their position as their grandfather's favorite. Like they yeah. they could have gone really dark in a sequel. Yeah. And not only that, like all that stuff is bad enough, but like he gives his grandson a lecture about the whole thing about why he's garbage. Yeah. It's like maybe if you weren't so self-centered and you actually cared about these Pokemon, you would have been able to win. It's like, well, he did win. Right. <laughs> it's like, man, not a great grandfather. Uh, but yeah, so you're you're more familiar with the anime than I am. Like, how did they play Lavender Town in the anime? Um, I only watched like, you know, the first two years, like when I was in fourth, <laughs> fourth and fifth grade. They didn't get to it by then. I don't remember. I you know I know that. Um, there were definitely differences between the TV show and the game. Yeah. Because, you know, you're not Ash Ketchum in the game. And so there was definitely differences. I know, I remember seeing like, um, 
the psychic gym episode and it mm-hmm. was creepy. Yeah. It was really creepy. Like those episodes where he's battling the psychic gym and there's like the gym leader and then like this like little girl who's like psychically possessed. <laughs> it's creepy. And she's got this ball. Like it was definitely more creepy than most kids shows that I watched when I was that age. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Lavender Town, not what the game does so well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with it. There's definitely a lot of like lore that has come out of that and it's different from the rest of the game, but you're right. It is kind of creepy. The whole idea of Pokemon and the way that you make it not disgusting. Like if you think about the idea of we're going to have kids collect animals and make them fight each other, like that would not fly. So they're like, well, they're not really killing each other. They're just getting knocked out. And then you get to Lavender Town and you're like, oh dang, Pokemon can die. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, in the later games they add in, it's like, well, where did Pokemon come from? It's like, oh, well, you're going to force them to breed at the daycare. daycare. <laughs> it's like, how is this a children's game? <laughs> oh, it's I weird, feel man. like this just really gets at the heart of what our show is all about, Jordan. Just asking the tough questions. Yep. This is, this is <laughs> investigative journalism right here. All right. I got two more, two more points okay. that, I, that I don't know how to feel about. Uh, the single tank strategy is viable. Yeah. Oh, you can definitely beat this game by tanking up your one starting Pokemon. And I actually leveled up my Venusaur to like almost, I think it was probably like level 56 or something before I found out that you picked Charizard. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to make a an actual full team here and, and flush this out or else when Dan and I fight each other, he's going to destroy me. Yeah, that's a good time to say the next episode is going to be Pokemon Stadium. Yes, and we're going to be taking these teams that we have spent, yeah. you know, hours crafting and we're going to battle each other and i'm going to utterly destroy you i know for a fact i could have beat this game with just my venusaur yeah you know you have to have a pokemon to fly and a pokemon to surf and to Mm -hmm. cut and all that um some hm slaves as they are are known as but um other than that like as far as battling goes i basically beat every single battle with just my venusaur yeah and um this this is a great time to say i've never picked venusaur ever before in any of my playthroughs which is many (laughs) And I was um, on a vacation with my brothers. And I was like, all right, guys, I'm starting up a new game of Pokemon. Who should I pick? And they're like, you should pick Venusaur, just like trolling me. And then my <laughs> my one brother, who actually always did pick Venusaur, he's like, well, I, um, this is funny because he's not a gamer guy at all. He's like, he's actually really good against the first few gyms. Yeah. And I was like, shoot, if you think about it, the first five gyms, yep. Venusaur yeah. has an advantage or at least not a weakness against. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can run through the game with Bulbasaur. So don't look yeah. down on Bulbasaur just because he's not Blastoise or Charizard. Yeah, and I, t- I said that to you because like, I was doing some grinding early game because like, I, I picked Charmander. Yep. And like, you're fighting rock type, you know, and ground water. type uh, early on in the water. It's like, man, I really have to... like level up other pokemon to like get through these these early game yep and i've had that same problem before but if you pick bulbasaur there is no grind yeah no grind yeah. in this game so do you think the single tank strategy being viable i mean it's it's a it's a game that's appealing both to an older crowd and a younger crowd so the single tank thing is like cool like you're as as a kid you could just like use your main pokemon and like beat this game yeah but is it a good choice as a game design decision to allow that in your game. I think that's just part of the, the aspect of this game where they were going for making it appeal to such a wide audience. They didn't want to lock out however you wanted to play the game. If you want to play the yeah. game with just one Pokemon sweet, if you want to catch them all sweet, if you want to attach your game to uh, Twitch and have people play it <laughs> through the chat sweet, like that is how versatile this game is. 
but it, you know like you said it, it's it's the tech mobile version of an rpg yeah. they, they're this isn't meant to be a super in-depth jrpg with multiple branching skill trees and all that kind of stuff it, it was never meant to be that yeah i wonder though because like when you fight the elite four their pokemon are all like around 50 to 60 levels 50 to 60 yeah and my party was like I don't know, besides Zapdos and Articuno, which you catch at level 50, it was like Gyarados was 34 or something. Doug Trio was like 43. Charizard was like 44 when I started. I think he got up to 46. So it's like, it feels like the levels of the Elite Four uh, tell you that like maybe you need to have a slightly higher level Pokemon going into it. Now, granted, once you understand the types and weaknesses and all that stuff, you can manipulate that a lot more easily, but yeah. it just felt to me like maybe like, was this super intentional that I could just literally play the whole game with Charizard and get to the, the elite four at level, whatever, 65 or something, and then beat him with again, a single Pokemon or like, was this an accident or an oversight? Like, I don't know how to, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know either. I haven't tried to beat it with just one Pokemon. So maybe it would be more difficult than, you know, you definitely run into um, each move you can only use a certain number of times. Yeah. And the stronger the move is, the less times you can use it. So that's going to be tricky unless you're saving up your ethers and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, again, it's there's a way around it. But there's very few ethers in this game. Can you buy ethers and elixirs? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I remember that being a difficult thing when I was a kid was that was some a, a problem that i ran into trying to beat this game um and not having a well fleshed out party was Mm. running into trouble having to fight the elite four over and over again to hone my strategy and figure out the best way to get through them yeah Uh, all right all right moving on to my last point okay about let's talk about this uh there's not really any post game in the red and blue besides catching them all like that's it no, you're right. I'm. This game is long enough that I don't really care about that. And yeah. I think for most people, you're going to beat the game. And then there is a little bit of post-game. You can go and get Mewtwo. Yeah. And if you haven't already, you can go and get the legendary birds that you missed. Yeah. Um, but I think by the time you, you know, that the, you're trying to catch them all and you're trying to beat the Leap 4. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can do those in either order that you want. Yeah. I think, and maybe this is just from playing like future iterations of Pokemon that you expect you to be able to like dress up your Pokemon and put them in a fashion show. Oh my goodness. No. Or pick berries. See, I never, (laughs) that doesn't get me. The thing that I like about later games is like, oh, okay, I just beat uh, all of Johto and now I can go back and do Kanto. Yeah. Like that is the kind of post game that I like. It's like, oh, here, go play one of our old games again. Yeah. It's like, that is a sweet post game. I mean, Voltorb Flip isn't in this game. <laughs> there's no why would you keep playing they should know? have put magikarp jump in this here oh man uh i don't yeah i don't know uh and and i read online what do you get for catching them all you get like a little certificate that pops yep. up that basically says congratulations and and you, could, and you could print it with the game boy printer yes there you go if you have paper and a game boy printer and you're playing this on a game boy that would have been some legit status as a fourth or fifth grader to come into school with a Game Boy printer and print off and say, hey, look, I caught them all. Like yeah. you would have been the king of the playground. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> that would have been yeah. that would have been a, a huge yeah. accomplishment. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. 
so good or bad thing? What? The, just the, the just catching them all, yeah. Uh, I, I think that since you're already getting like 20 plus hours of gameplay, I'm fine with it. Um, yeah. I never had a problem as a kid. Like when I beat this game, I felt accomplished. I wasn't like, I need more. Yeah. And now as an adult, I've played it so many times that I'm like, okay, this is good. Yeah. I just feel like this. I wish that there was something that like I wanted to stay with it for longer. Like we're playing Pokemon Stadium. So I'm kind of like a little bit more invested in, in sticking around a little bit longer. But I just, I wish that there was some something here that kept me besides like, oh, I beat the Elite Four. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. you you can take all your Pokemon and transfer them through the Pokemon Bank and bring them into your Nintendo Switch. Not from the original cartridges. Okay, see, I don't. That's yeah. just what I know. Yeah, you'd have to play them on 3DS. They need to come up with a way to use the IR port on the old Game Boy and the IR port on the Joy-Con to transfer your Pokemon. <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard. Well, half of them wouldn't even work in Sword and Shield. Oh, good point. <laughs> good point. All right, let's uh wow. Let's uh let's move on to what the game doesn't do so well. Yeah. For me, the biggest thing has to be that as the first iteration in this series, this game is lacking some serious quality of life features. Yes. Um there is no running. The item management is very tedious. Your bag can only hold so many things oh. and um some of them you can't throw away. You have to take them and put them in the computer. And the Pokemon boxes are extremely tedious. Dude. You can only put 20 Pokemon in a box. And if it's full, it doesn't automatically switch to your next box. You just can't catch a Pokemon. Yeah. You just hit like a bunch of my points. Uh, your personal box only holds 50 items. Your bag only holds 20 items. Uh, there are 50 TMs in this game. Yeah. There are five HMs. There are a bunch of key items. And then you have all of your like stat upgrade items or your potions or your yep. ultra balls. Like this, the management in this game is just horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible. Uh, fortunately, I got Pokemon Stadium and the transfer pack. You can actually take items from your cartridge and put them onto the N64 PC box. <laughs> so I moved a bunch of my TMs over because I just couldn't anymore. Just in case you crazy. need them. I just threw them away. If I wasn't going to use it, I just threw them away. Well, See, since we're gonna battle, oh my gosh! I was I I was like I don't want to really use any of my TMs because I I need to. I don't think I want to tell you who my team was now. Yeah, well maybe you shouldn't because you're the one who started this, Jordan. Oh my! Because you were like, I I was like, well let's play Pokemon Stadium. It'll be fun. Uh, and you're like, we're gonna battle. I was like, oh it's gonna be like that. Well yeah, because you purposely picked Charizard <laughs> after you knew that I picked Venusaur. I didn't purposely pick Charizard, Jordan. I knew that you purposely. He was he he. I always pick Squirtle, and then my second pick is Charizard, and then you know when you're bored, you pick Bulbasaur. Sorry, <laughs> it's 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 true. <laughs> I I will never pick the other two again if I play this game again. Bulbasaur <laughs> is the way to go. I will I will live by that oh, until I man. die. But yeah, not only is like the storage system like terrible. Like, okay, so twenty Pokemon in a box. If you don't realize that your box is full and it doesn't tell you because you're who's checking their boxes constantly. Yep. Uh, and I don't even think when you look at the boxes in the PC that it tells you how many Pokemon are in each box. So you have to like physically go nope. through the list and count them. Yep. But if you're in the wild and you caught like, oh, this rare Pokemon that has like a 1% chance to show up. Uh, cool. Oh, I can't throw a Pokeball because the box is full. And I don't that's the weird thing is I don't remember that from when I was a kid. Like, obviously, I had a problem with it, and I needed to manage that stuff, but that is something that, playing through this again, I was like, what? Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know if as a kid, you're just like, oh, I got items. I'm just going to use them all. Yeah. And so you didn't really like hoard items? Oh, for sure. When I got a TM, I taught it to anybody who could learn yeah. it. Like, oh, rare candy? Like, let me go from level 27 to 28. Like, little even did you that- know that like once you get beyond 50, it takes forever to level your guys up. Yeah. And not even looking to see, oh, this guy's actually only like three experience points away from leveling up on his own. <laughs> <laughs> So like, yeah, I didn't use rare candies. I only use like one TM. Like I was hoarding my items because I'm trying to like, what's a good Pokemon team? And apparently there's a whole competitive scene. You were, this on, game. You were on Smogon reading, weren't you? I knew that you were going to do that. Smogon did come up, I but I was like, because I don't want to waste these single use TMs, which is another, another point that I have in what this game doesn't do well and what Pokemon now allows you to do is you can only use TMs one time. That's so dumb. I feel like that's definitely better in the later games, but I don't think that it like ruins this game at all. Like you can still have a great time. You don't really need to teach the same TM to a whole bunch of Pokemon. Right. But like thunder shock or whatever. Thunder wave. No, like the attack, not the paralyzed one. Oh, okay. Uh, like I, I want to teach that to like my Zapdos, but I taught it to a different electric Pokemon, which may be my party when we play stadium. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You got Jolteon because you read somewhere that he was the fastest one. I already know. I already know what you did. Uh, I got. I, I gathered some opinions on the EV evolutions online. Man, now I'm gonna um, have to go and spend so much time working on my team to beat you because you took this so seriously. I didn't take it that seriously. I just took it slightly serious because you 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 poked that that competitive nerve in me. I picked Venusaur. I didn't know that you picked Venusaur. That's not why I... <laughs> anyway, moving on. What else does this game do bad? Uh, I don't know if I'm done talking about the storage system. Oh, my goodness. I think we're done <laughs> hearing about the storage system. Oh, uh, um, yeah, the storage... Whatever. I think it's, I, I think It's I, dumb. It's I, bad. I, I am done. Uh, <laughs> the next thing that I have is this game doesn't give you nearly enough information about things. What? Like... You can't see what a TM does until you boot it up and try to use it. You can't see if uh, when uh, you want to learn a new move. Hey, do you want to learn toxic or no? Uh, I don't know. Dan, okay. Like it just doesn't give you anything. Listen. And so you don't know how if if flamethrower is much, much stronger than Ember. Obviously it is. But like you don't realize that flamethrower is like twice as strong as Ember basically. And it's like should you get rid of rage? Or like, you know, sometimes you need to not knock something out. Like this game doesn't give you enough information, just generally speaking. And the, the, the learning moves is just one example. All right. But I feel like I don't know what an ether does. Why don't I know what an ether does? It does not tell you what an ether does or an elixir or why, why a full restore versus a full heal. Like it does not give you any flavor text about what this stuff does. And that's a huge problem in a game with so many items. Okay. On one hand, I agree with you. Those are bad things. And (laughs) you have to learn them by doing them. And as you make mistakes, you learn and you get better for the next time. Because you don't play Pokemon one time. You play it every few years throughout your life. (laughs) So I agree with you. It would be nice to have those. On the other hand, you have to realize that this game is a programming masterpiece <laughs> the fact that they is that what the consensus is they have you read the story of how they created this game 
And the way that they got such a huge game into that little cartridge is a masterpiece. What I saw in my poking around was a lot of videos on the glitches in the original Pokemon Red and Blue. The glitches are a thing that make this game so much better and add so much to this game. But the glitches are there because they had to hack this code together in a way to make it fit on the cartridge. They, it was, I don't know the exact story, but it's something along the lines of they could barely fit this game onto the cartridge. And when it came time to make um, gold and silver, mm-hmm. which is on the exact same hardware, yeah. exact same cartridge. Oh, uh, I'm not gonna remember who it was. The guy from Kirby. Yeah. Uh, Hell um, Laboratories. Yeah. Oh, I, he, he just passed away recently. Iwata? Yeah. So Iwata comes along and he um, is able to take the code and compress it in a way to make it not just gold and silver fit on the cartridge, but also fit all of red and blue on the same cartridge. And he took this thing that was already amazing that they managed to fit that much stuff on a cartridge and basically doubled it. And so when you realize like everything that went into making this game possible, and the reason that this game was such a big success, I think, is because it was so different for than anything that most of us had played yeah. as a Western audience, as like American kids, um, like RPGs were not a huge uh, market. Like it wasn't like, you know, beat em ups were huge and platformers yeah. were huge. And there were definitely lots of RPG games, but it was never like accessible to the point where it hit the mainstream mm. until this point. And being able to like take all of this and compress it into a game and have all of that stuff that like we just spent more time than we've ever spent on what a game does well. And the way they were (laughs) able to do all of that is because of the creativity. So I agree with you as a modern game, like going back without nostalgia glasses, it's like, yeah, yeah, this is bad. And they should, it would be nice to know what all these things do. Mm -hmm. But looking at it from like a retro perspective and seeing like just knowing the limitations of the hardware, it's impressive. But I agree with you. As a kid, when you are like, oh, I want to learn Thunder Wave, I have no idea that Thunder Wave doesn't do damage, it just paralyzes somebody, yeah. and you erase like an actual good move, and now yeah. you have a Pokemon that only knows Growl, Leer, and Thunder Wave. <laughs> it's like, sweet, I can't actually do any damage because I just erased my one move that could actually yeah. do damage. Oh, man. So you're right, but also I understand why it's that way. Yeah, but we don't we don't get into it. We don't make excuses no, right. for these games. I'm not Jordan. making an excuse. That's not the point of the show. I'm I'm just going back and saying another of what this game does well is managing to cram all of that stuff into one little tiny Game Boy cartridge. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on to the next point that I have is the menu stuff can sometimes feel clunky. Yeah. Like when you uh when you deposit items in your PC and like you go back to something where you only have one of it, it'll throw you back to the top of the list. And so you have to scroll through all your items again. All 20 of them. <laughs> right. Um or I think it ha- probably happens when you withdraw items. So 50. There you go. Um, and then like when you want to go cut down a bush or dig or fly, like the, the cutting down a bush is specifically or strength. Like I feel like I should just have to walk up to it and press A. But yeah. You have to go into a menu to cut things. I and, do like uh, in the menu. The bicycle, you got to go into the menu, get on and off of it. There's no like shortcuts. Well, kind of, because you can use the select button to move your bicycle to the top slot. So then it's only okay. two button presses to get well, on the bicycle. But yeah, just the menu, menu stuff, kind of clunky. Kind of clunky. But I also did uh, like appreciate the fact that you can move things around. Yeah. Which I didn't is, actually know that you could do that. What? How? Yeah. Did you never do the, um, the missing no glitch no, when I, you were a kid? I didn't have it as a kid. I did, I did it, but it was like a group effort. 
you gotta I never did it by myself. You gotta use the select button to move whatever item you want to duplicate into the sixth slot in your bag. I don't know if we ever got into like the duplicating items when I was. Or how did younger. you even get a team of all one hundred level things without uh, endless rare candies? We didn't. Wow, I must have missed out. The hard thing, the, the nice thing about that glitch is it doesn't come until almost the end of the game. The bad thing about that glitch is, as a kid, it is extremely tempting to level all of your Pokemon up to level yeah. 100, which then makes the game not any fun. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, what do you got? What's what's next on your list? I got one last thing and what the game does poorly, and that is that some of the sprites are just truly terrible. <laughs> truly, truly terrible. There are some Pokemon that do not look like any other iteration, like... You have the TV show, obviously, and you have the um, the like player's guide that had pictures of the Pokemon and, and the trading cards. And all of this media was coming out and saying, mm-hmm. like, this is what a Pokemon looks like. Yeah. And then you load up your game and you see that back sprite of a Venusaur and you're like, <laughs> what is that? Oh, or you see the man. front sprite of... Uh, oh, what, I'm not going to remember some truly terrible ones now. Like uh, the Executor, the big palm yeah. tree guy like some of those front sprites are terrible too and it's like some of them are good some of them are bad for some reason all of the back sprites so that when your pokemon you see the back of it yeah they're in like half resolution and they're like gigantic pixels and without any color you can't really discern what's going on and many of them are just a blob that's that's funny the only one that i thought looked like truly terrible was zapdos because he looks like freakazoid which i sent you yeah. that text it, he just looks like this weird yellow, like spiky haired thing. And I was like, what? I don't know. He almost looks like the Roadrunner from, you know, Looney Tunes or something. You didn't think that the sprites hair. were terrible? Like just no, as a whole? As a whole. I mean, the back, the back sprites, they, they all kind of look a little weird. Like Charmeleon from the back doesn't really look like Charmeleon from the front. Wartortle from the front looks like a doll of war turtle. Like, like some of them just do not look hmm. like Charizard does not look like Charizard uh, from the front. He's like all like bendy and like, his, <laughs> like his, like, like Mankey looks ridiculous. From the front. His arms are just noodles. I don't know. Maybe this is your nostalgia glasses, Jordan. No, this is me not having nostalgia glasses and saying the pixel art in this game is bad. <laughs> I think it's fine for the most part. I mean, sure, they look better in future games, but like, I think it's fine for the most part. It was all, it was all right. Uh, and I didn't write it down. Yeah, they're bad. And even like, the this is the thing that I like about the game is you can go into the settings and turn off the attack animations because I got sick of seeing the same attack animations over <laughs> and over. So I just turned them off. And it speeds up the game about 50% because you don't have to wait to watch any animations. Speaking of the way that this game looks, I do have a point. But it's not the same point. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, sometimes this game can be an eyesore depending on the hardware that you play it on. Ooh, what do you mean? Uh, depending on where you are in the world, it will change a different weird shade of fuchsia or eye-numbing green or yellow. Like this I, game, I so the I played a lot on the Retron, and it uses Super Game Boy to do or you can set it but i was using the super game boy emulation and it's like when you leave a town it changes colors okay um so you get like oh cool my charmander is orange zapdos is yellow but then like you have like your trainer will turn like completely green to match all of the terrain or in lavender town he'll turn purple and it's just like 
I, when I would go, so on my Game Boy Advance SP, like the whole game was basically blue. Yeah. Uh, Cause I played Pokemon blue. And so your Pokemon, your health bar, the train, everything is blue. But on the, the super Game Boy or whatever, it's like, it adds color to it. Gotcha. I, so I just played it on an old school Game Boy color. So I did not notice that. Yeah. So, I mean, depending on the hardware that you play it's, and it's not a deal breaker. Like, it's just one of those things where I was like, I don't love looking at this game sometimes. Yeah. It's just, I mean, granted, it's it's old, but this is before they really nailed the colors down. Yeah. And I'm at, and that was something that actually impresses me is like, how did how does this hardware, how does color data get extracted from these games? Yeah, there must have been, I was thinking about that too, because this came out pre, you know, there must have been some markers in there that, that yeah. gave them... They, they knew that this was coming and they were going to add that in there. But well, maybe this, I think this might've been after the super game boy. Cause after super game boy, but was it pre game boy color? Or was it the same time as game boy color? We had, we didn't have a game boy color when I first got this game and then later yeah. got game boy colors, but we were always kind of behind, but game boy color still can extract color from pretty much every game boy game though. Yeah. Not so to that same extent as the super game boy was though. That's kind of like interesting. I don't know. It is interesting. I don't know, but Yeah the sometimes this game not pretty to look at uh the next thing that i have that this game doesn't do well is early on i was lamenting that there was no xp share yeah and then i found out oh no there is an xp share you told me i was like cool i got that to look forward to and then i finally get it and it's the xp all and this thing i want to it didn't ruin my playthrough. Oh my goodness. But it made it so much worse. I mean, Pokemon, you got to click through a lot of dialogue boxes. It's just part of the game. Yeah. But with the XP all, you get to click through six extra dialogue boxes per battle. Only if you're a noob and you're running six Pokemon. <laughs> but you don't want to get rid of this thing because your, your Pokemon are getting free XP. But obviously Nintendo knew it was a terrible idea because they just were like, let's make a thing where you only give it to one other Pokemon. Yeah. But the, the dialogue boxes that this thing caused were, were driving me crazy. I didn't really have a problem with that. I just turned up the tech speed all the way. and I had it up all the way. This, this seems like a very Jordan nitpicky thing for you. <laughs> but I can lament with you. We were in a rush to finish this game and that made us uh, want it to go faster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that I've got one more point. Right, well, I've got two more points. <laughs> of course. I've got two more points. Of course. I've, I, yeah. Uh, sometimes it feels like the game gets in your way and this comes back to this, like feeling like a mobile game, but, and there are ways around it, but like the seafoam islands drove me absolutely crazy because every 10 steps or less I'm running into a Pokemon and you've got me in a dungeon trying to solve a puzzle, trying to push these boulders everywhere, trying to do all this stuff. And I'm playing on my break at work and half of my break is spent in Pokemon encounters. Clicking run. Yes. Clicking run. And I don't think I had repels or I only had like three like regular repels. Uh, and it's just one of those things where I was like, I, I this is, this is terrible. The Pokemon encounters in dungeons are obnoxious, but you're right. The trick is you need to load up on on repels, and then you go and use the repels to go through the dungeons 
and do the things you need to do. And then you can go back into the dungeon and wander around and catch Pokemon yeah. when you're not trying to do the puzzles and stuff. So I agree with you on one hand, but also the game gives you a way to negate it. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like there, there's a way around it, but at the same time, like I want to catch the new Pokemon. Well, then there's also the game gives you a little bit of help there is you can set a Pokemon of a certain level as your first Pokemon and the repel only repels Pokemon below that level. Is that how that worked? Yeah. I saw something about that and I ended up throwing my highest level. So if you, if you only want to catch like high level Pokemon or more rare Pokemon that are tend to be a higher level, you can weed out all of the low level Zubats by, by doing that. Yeah. But still you have to use repel to do that. Yeah. So I don't know. There was just, there were times in this game where I was like, please just let me, let me walk around this floor and solve this puzzle because you're interrupting me. You're interrupting me so often that I can't even solve this puzzle. Yeah. And sure it's random, but like, it's still, it was like after the Seafoam Islands, I was like, I am not playing any more dungeons without repel. Like I'm that's, just not. Yeah. That's one of the things I like about the, the Pokemon let's go, which is the newest game that I've played is you can see where the Pokemon are and you can avoid them if you want to. Yeah. That was controversial though. Some people didn't like that. Well, some people are stuck in the past. <laughs> I feel like I would like it as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like playing it now, you know. Um, yeah, just, just I don't know. Stop it with the Dr- Zubats. Drove me crazy. Uh, and then the last thing, finally, that I have uh, is catching them all is just a slap in the face. Yeah, like I said earlier, it does seem like a predatory gimmick. Um, yeah. It's really difficult to catch them all if you have to buy two copies to do so. And I understand why they did it from a commercial standpoint, but I think that in 2020 we need to move on from the two game system. Yeah. I mean, that's not even like you, they could have at least given you like an item or like something cool or like some, some other thing than like, Hey, you did it. Oh, you mean like the reward for catching yes, them all? Yes, the reward for catching Man, them all. the reward is a sense of accomplishment. Stop it. Just stop. And I'm not even saying that <laughs> ironically. I'm not even saying that ironically. Like if you had that and you could pull it up on your Game Boy and show people like I'm not even kidding. Like the amount of street cred as a kid that you would have for doing that is incredible. I don't know. And I feel like even as an adult, as a 31 year old adult, if I busted out my Game Boy around my friends and I was like, dudes, I caught, I caught them all. Like my friends even today would be like, that's pretty sweet. I think so in, in modern Pokemon games where they're like, Oh, Pokemon bank, Pokemon home. Like you can do something. Pokemon go. Like I think that, I would be more inclined to try to catch them all because I could do something with them. There's too Transfer many. them to new games, all that stuff. Like I feel like catching them all isn't just a, a useless checkbox. I feel like if I catch them all, I'm carrying those forward with me. Like they can go onto my Switch now. Who's yeah? But why? They're just gonna but sit just, in a box. I'm just, an empty I'm box. just saying though. Like at least they're not trapped on a cartridge where I really can't do anything besides fight with them in Pokemon this Stadium. This is every game ever, though, Dan. That's what happens. You beat a game and you get a screen that says "Congrats." Yeah, what, what but it's not a want? game. It's like you gotta catch them all. Two versions, the whole deal. You did it. You beat the video game. Now go get sucked into the card game or the next video game or watch our TV show and buy our merch and come to Pokemon Land. That we're you know. Well, and I think part of that's what put me off of of Go like early on was just like you can't really do anything with these Pokemon. Like they're trapped inside. And I know that they fixed it now, but Dan, Pokemon Go brought world peace in a summer that <laughs> desperately needed it. 
So I don't want to hear you say I'm not, anything bad about Pokemon Go. I'm not hating on Pokemon Go. Go, but I'm saying like I don't think I stuck with Pokemon Go beyond the initial pop of it because it was like I can't do anything with this right now. I can't use these Pokemon in my games. I can't like battle other people. Like these are just on a mobile app, and I can't that that has no no value to me besides data in a mobile app. Now I can like you know. I can take them into Sword and Shield and use like my Charizard that I've worked on, whatever, or doesn't matter who it is, but like you can invest time on an old Pokemon game and still feel like your Pikachu from Pokemon X is still like your Pikachu in Pokemon. I don't care Sword one bit about that. I do. I don't care. I do. You are better at not caring about stuff like that. Though. I, I did it. I played the game. I beat it. I'm done with it. <laughs> we did it. I'm going to I'm going to maybe level up a few more guys so I can beat you in Pokémon Stadium and then I will never play this game save again. Good luck. Good luck. All right, let's move on. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so what would you pay for the experience that you had with Pokémon Blue and Red? Uh okay, I want to just right off the bat tell everybody that I am not going to be able to separate nostalgia from this. This is a game that not only had an important role in my life as a kid, but has had an important role in my life moving forward. Like I said uh, before, getting into the trading card game, and then again, like I just briefly mentioned in the summer of 2016, when the world was at peace with the launch of pokemon go i feel like that was the last time that our nation truly came together so this is not just a game to me it it is very difficult for me to take off my nostalgia glasses with this one that being said i got almost 20 hours of fun out of this game and i could see myself paying around 20 dollars uh for a cartridge thankfully i already have (laughs) this game so this is purely hypothetical but i would be willing to pick up this game for 20 bucks. I'm not a collector. Um, I, you know, don't normally buy like cartridges of retro games. Now, if this was like on the eShop or whatever, um, this is actually a Which game. Which it is on the yeah, 3DS I, eShop. Uh, who, yeah, who's got it? Who's playing 3DS? Damn, we've all moved. The, mo- the world has moved on to the <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Um, it's difficult for me because there are so many newer and updated ways to play this game, which definitely makes it hard and was, is why I wouldn't pay more than $20. I realize that $20 is high for me with the nostalgia factor, but if you want to experience this game for the first time, there are better ways to experience it than playing the original hardware. So I personally wouldn't spend more than 20 bucks for this. Yeah. And that's the point that I was kind of making is like, if you're coming into this for the first time, I wouldn't tell you to pick up a Game Boy copy of this. Like, I don't know, maybe play it on 3DS or something else, but where you can actually transfer your Pokemon into a a modern version of the game. Uh, For me, man, I feel like I'm coming in at $20 too on this one. I feel like that's a, that's a really solid, really solid number. And I feel like I was maybe lower a few days ago. Wow. But, I feel like I've had a pretty satisfying experience with this. And I don't know if nostalgia glasses are, are, are tinting that a little bit. We talked about the Gen 1 stuff and like, this is this is my Pokemon. You know, I was there at the beginning. So it's like all this, like I got excited seeing the new Pokemon that I hadn't seen before because it was like, oh, Starmie or whatever. Like, oh, I haven't seen a Starmie in a long time. Like, oh, cool. Or like Zapdos, it was like, oh yeah, going through the power plant, like, oh yeah, you find this legendary bird. Like, there was definitely nostalgia there, uh, but I still feel like maybe 
like maybe twenty dollars is is worth it. Uh, if you've got nostalgia for this, like go ahead, pay twenty dollars uh, for the cartridge, um, and you're probably gonna get your money's worth. But if you haven't, you know, uh, haven't played this before, maybe like the 3ds version for like ten dollars is like a slightly slightly better way of seeing if you like it. Yeah, I mean, there are so many different ways to experience this game. Uh, Pokemon Yellow is is a great way to experience this. Pokemon Let's Go, which came out last year on the mm-hmm. Switch. Uh, if you have never played a Pokemon game before and you're like, I want to understand where this like all started and understand the hype, yeah. Pokemon Let's Go is a modern recreation of Pokemon Yellow, which is just uh, was these two games, Pokemon Red and Blue, uh, taken a little bit differently but it's basically the exact same game and i played pokemon let's go last year had a good time with it there's definitely a lot of those modern conveniences there there's also some of the things from the modern games that i don't like so much but i think as a whole <laughs> if you can find a cheap copy of that that's a good way to go too you don't like a, a hairstyle for your pikachu uh i didn't bother doing any of that <laughs> like they have added more and more like extraneous stuff the longer the game has gone on that i don't think is super necessary but if you want to play this and not be looking at game boy graphics um, yeah pokemon let's go is a good way to do it all right so i think you probably know about what this is going for on ebay right i uh i feel like i just sold you my second copy of blue and i feel like it was around 20 dollars. yeah uh, they're all, so according to price charting, blue is at 22, red is at 25 and yellow is at 23. Okay. But according to eBay itself, which I don't know, I don't trust eBay's numbers sometimes, but it said, uh, blue is 25, red was 29 and yellow was $28. Interesting. Interesting. So anyways, yeah, about $25 is what you can expect. I did just, um, for our bounty segment. You know, we'll get into that in just a second. Um, I did pick up a copy of Pokemon Red, and I sent an offer for twenty dollars, and the person accepted it. So, like, it's definitely possible to get this game a little bit less than twenty five, thirty bucks. You just have to, yeah. be, you got, you got to be patient with it. I think if you have nostalgia for this game and you want to go back, it definitely holds up, and you may be willing to pay twenty five, thirty bucks for it. But if you haven't played these games before and you don't have the nostalgia at that price, it's probably not going to be worth it. 100%. And that's, my wife was asking me about, how, what do you think? What do you think about the game? Do you know how you, you feel about it? And I was like, I would rather play a future iteration of this game. I would rather play Platinum or Heart Gold Soul Silver. Heart Gold Soul Silver is an incredible way. Uh, it's probably my favorite. You do, you're playing a remake of Gold and Silver. So then yeah. you do also have, after you beat the game, you can go to Kanto and mm-hmm. play this game basically in an updated setting. Yeah. That is an incredible way to experience Pokemon, even for the first time. If you want a little bit more modern, it's still, you know, on an older system. But Heart yeah. Gold Soul Silver is probably my favorite Pokemon game. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm walking away with today is like, if you haven't thought about old school Pokemon in a long time, like maybe play Heart Gold Soul Silver. Like that might be if you just if you're just itching for some old school Pokemon, yep. it's gonna look good. I mean, it's gonna have updated features. Um, it's gonna be a a good experience with lots of Pokemon and cool legendaries and the whole deal. Yep. All right. Uh, so twenty five dollars worth it or worthless? I'm saying worthless for most people. If you've got a lot of nostalgia, go for it. But I'm 
probably say worthless at that price. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, I'd say worthless at 25. I mean, a little bit less with nostalgia, like sure. And for anybody who's angry, just go back and listen to the first 50 minutes of this podcast where <laughs> we only said super nice things. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so you want to move on to our trivia segment now, Jordan. Yes, a couple of trivia questions here. Um, this one comes from at Cantyman31 on Instagram, and this is going to be an interesting one. So it says Mew, Mew the 151st Pokemon, mm-hmm. is actually obtainable in red and blue without a Game Shark or a special event using a set trick in which town? Is it Vermilion City, Lavender Town, Cinnabar Island, or Cerulean City? It's Cerulean City. It is Cerulean City. On I got Route nervous 24. there for a second. I was like, what? "No, is it? Is it Celadon? What's the other?" <laughs> All right. Yes, it's Cerulean yes. City. Here's a second part to that. I do know that you know this answer because you've mentioned it. But in order to obtain Mew without a Game Shark or a special event, you have to have what Pokemon in your party? Abra. Abra. I'm not going to read the things. I knew that you knew it. Thank you, Canty yeah. Man, for sending in those two things. That I mean, that's a huge part of this game, too, is mm. all of the urban legends surrounding it. And yeah. you can you have to surf around and go under this truck and you'll find Mew. And we didn't even realize <laughs> there actually was a way to find Mew. It just required this special trick and you have to do it after yeah. the second gym and fight people in a certain order and have an Abra. And you can yeah. get a Mew early on in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but we Level all, seven Mew. We were too busy trying to get surf so we could go look under that stupid truck by the SSM. So, <laughs> Canty Man, uh, we've kind of changed our our thing. If you send us a trivia question, we use it on the show. We're going to send you a sticker in the mail. So, Canty Man, I'll yeah. be sending you uh, a sticker in the mail. Here's our second one here. This comes from at Asian Daw. says, what is the name of the town in Pokemon Red and Blue that inspired a popular creepypasta? Do you know what creepypasta is? No. So a copy pasta is like a long story that people like copy and paste in the comments and it okay. just like gets done over and over. A creepy pasta is a, a long spooky story that people copy and paste and share over and over again on the internet. Okay. So there's this creepy pasta about the music in a certain town from Pokemon where uh, if you listen to it, it would actually like mess with kids' brains and it could cause them to go crazy and maybe even <laughs> maybe even commit suicide. And it, there was something they analyzed the sound. Scientists analyzed the sound in this <laughs> file, and they realized that there was something in there that had been placed there to drive kids crazy. The brown note. And Okay, <laughs> so which town inspired this urban legend? Was it Saffron, Pallet, Cerulean, or Lavender? I feel like the obvious answer is Lavender, but I feel like that's not the right answer because it's the obvious answer. So... I don't actually know. I didn't encounter this anywhere. Uh, I'm going to guess Saffron City. Oh, Dan, you had it. It's Lavender Is Town. it Lavender? Yeah, that spooky music. Oh, no, and it seems too obvious. I know, it was. So good Good job, Asian Doll. We'll send oh. you some stickers as well. It's uh, a good question regardless. Yeah, it's that that like tritone, like that. Like, and it's actually inspired. I don't remember what episode it was. A few episodes back, we shared a chiptune that I wrote for mm-hmm. a little game project that we were working on that was heavily inspired by that Lavender town theme and i wasn't trying to make anybody go crazy but yeah there's all these urban legends about out there about there's actually like a version of this game that they had to recall and because it was causing kids to go crazy (laughs) that's 
the urban legends with this game are so good. A bunch of we actually got a whole bunch of questions submitted that we couldn't go through all of them, but many of them were surrounding these urban legends yeah. about this game, about Pika Blue and uh is that the the sonic curry is that it's like it's like <laughs> this blue version of pikachu and then in the next gen meryl came out and we're like wow see who was there pika blue yeah so yeah all sorts of good uh urban legends surrounding this game so thanks to all of you who sent in questions if you didn't get featured on the episode today keep sending them in and we will feature you another time all right jordan moving on to our bounty segment Yes. What do we? Well, what do we want to do? We want to talk about um, what we gave away last month, what we're giving away this month. Well, let's start with with our Sega Genesis winner. Yes, our Sega Genesis winner. We had a whole bunch of entries. Thank you to everybody who submitted yeah, your uh, favorite top five Sega Genesis Desert Island games. We saw a lot of people uh, with a whole bunch of different games, um, ones that came up pretty often. Uh, you know, so the Sonic NHL 96 game. a lot. No, NHL 94, <laughs> excuse me, NHL 94 was on a lot of these lists. I'm seeing like a handful. Jordan, were you so aware that NHL 97 was as popular? Stop. It's... Oh my gosh. Lots of NHL 94s, <laughs> lots of Street to Rage 2s, lots of Sonic 2s. Um, you know, the games you'd expect. NBA Jam, TE. Yeah. But our winner... Uh, we did a random drawing from all of our submissions, and our winner this month was at Shifish, Shifish, Shifish. on Instagram. So congrats, Shifish. You won yeah. yourself a Sega Genesis Mini. We'll be in contact with you. And we promised that we would briefly, quickly, because this has already gotten yeah. long, talk about your list of Sega Genesis games that you're taking to a desert island. Yeah, so first on your, on your list, Mutant League Football. Mutant League Football. We've played Mutant League Hockey on the show. Yes. And, and it's a wacky sports game. Yeah. At some point we will play Mutant League football. It's in the back of my mind as like a future episode. It, it was almost the Sega Genesis episode. Yeah, it was. We put vote. it up for a vote. Yeah. But uh, I, I, Mutant League hockey had its moments. <laughs> yep. And so I imagine Mutant League football. I don't know. I think, uh, I think this is a, a less loved game than mutiny hockey and i don't know if that has to do with nhl 94 or like oh my goodness no well i'm, I'm serious like the genesis like hockey thing gotcha like gotcha. A, nhl 94 being so associated with the genesis you think they would have started with mutant league basketball since that seems to be mm. nba jam was so popular mm. yeah i don't know uh so football it, it seems interesting yeah i'm curious about it i haven't played it i think i've played it like one or two times so I, I look forward to doing that on the show at some point. I think it'll be uh, it'll be fun. Yes. Second on his list was Sonic Spinball, which takes, I don't really know anything about Sonic Spinball, but I'm guessing it just takes that pinball level from Sonic 2 and you just play that a whole bunch. <laughs> no, I played Sonic Spinball recently. And it was funny because like, I don't know when it was, like three months ago when I was like, I'm craving video game pinball, like these obscure, like weird Pokemon pinball kind of games. And uh so that game's actually on the um, the Genesis Classics or whatever Genesis Collection on PS4 and Switch and all that stuff. And so I, I spent, I don't know, probably over an hour playing Sonic Spinball. Uh, and I was like, I like this. There's something about it. You're kind of just trying to like, compl- it's kind of like Pokemon Pinball. You're trying to complete objectives inside of a pinball game and you're trying to gotcha. unlock the Infinity Stone, the Chaos Emeralds. Um, <laughs> By uh, frustratingly trying to aim a pinball Sonic in different places, and I don't know, it, it's a it's a fun game. 
Yeah. It's not not the not my favorite, but fun. I'll have to check it out. I actually have a copy of it that I've never played. <laughs> Third on your list is The Punisher, which is a game that I love. It's a beat 'em up where you can play as The Punisher or as Nick Fury. I actually have the arcade one up Marvel cabinet that comes with the Punisher and yeah. it is an excellent beat 'em up game, the arcade version. I haven't played the Sega Genesis version, but from watching some videos, it looks pretty similar. Yeah, I've only played The Punisher once and it was like, I don't know, 15 years ago in in a random arcade. And so I would like to play this at some point with you. Yeah. Oh, we definitely need to. Um, you come it, over to my house and we can play the arcade yeah. version. It seems like a cool game and we love beat-em-ups. So. Yes. I love it's so many weapons in that game. It's it's awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. The fourth one on your list is Desert Strike, Yeah. which I have never played any of the Strike games. We've gotten some comments asking us about Desert Strike, Urban Strike, Jungle Strike. I thought it was a shoot-em-up, but it does not <laughs> appear to be so looking at the videos. Yeah, it's uh I feel like I was I'm sort of aware of Desert Strike, um but it's like one of those games where I don't know if I'm just not really into it or I don't understand it. Uh It looked kind of like Simcopter. Yeah, I don't know. It it looked like a weird isometric game where you're like rescuing people from buildings and like shooting stuff and I don't know. I'm I like, like shooting stuff. I'm like maybe maybe at some point I need to explore this game a little bit more. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, and the last one on your list is definitely, I think you were the only person in all of the submissions. I'm just scrolling through all them real quick. I think you were the only person in all of our submissions that said you're bringing this game to the desert island. It's balls with a Z. Yeah, this is uh, a game. I think I want to say, and I could be wrong, but I feel like this was on like a, a weird super Nintendo games list or like an underrated gem somewhere. I had like heard of balls before. Yeah. And so seeing it today was like this is a very strange fighting game that yeah almost it it almost uh, sort of peaked some like clay fighter yeah uh like weird fighting game kind of a thing like 3d but the guys are all made of like dip and dots and you're like blowing each other up kind of looks like um if you mashed up vector man with clay fighter yeah 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 that's a good way of putting it but it looked interesting i'd never really heard of this or seen this before so yeah there you go that's shiffish's list that's what he's taking but you know what he doesn't just have to take those five games to the desert island because he just won himself a sega genesis mini yeah we'll be in contact with you and we will get that sent out to you if you didn't win this month don't worry we are giving away some more stuff and we're giving away pokemon stuff this month. yeah it's pokemon pokemon yeah uh so this month's bounty gonna be another pretty straightforward one um, if you are a Pokemon fan, uh, this one's for you. Uh, we're going to be giving away a copy of your choice of red or blue. Ooh. And then we've got some like Pokemon swag to give away. We got a hat. We got a dice bag. We got some patches. We got a poster. We got a pin. Got some stickers. We got a Pikachu pop. Yes, it's a big grab bag of a yeah. bunch of Pokemon stuff from across the generations, mm-hmm. including some patches that I won myself at, I think, the 2010 yeah. National Championships. Yeah. So there you go. We got some good stuff. And to top it all off, you can win yourself a copy of red or blue. So no matter what it costs, it's worth it to you because it's free. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this month's bounty is going to be what is your favorite Pokemon game and why? Ooh. And what is your favorite Pokemon? Favorite Pokemon game and why? They don't, they don't have to write an essay. Just you know, a little yeah. brief thing would be fine. Favorite Pokemon game and why and your favorite Pokemon. Yeah. That's real easy. You're just going to send us a direct message on Twitter or on Instagram, and you can let us know what those things are, or you can send us an email at worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com. 
and you will have till the end of the month. So we got this episode. In a couple weeks, we're going to drop our Pokemon Stadium episode. This is July 2020th. If you are way Mm -hmm. in the future and you are binge (laughs) listening, I'm sorry you missed this one, but go to whatever the most recent episode is and we're probably giving away something else. Yeah, this this bounty will end on the 31st of July just due to how we record things. Um, And you can find us at WIOW podcast on Twitter and Instagram or yes. Facebook. We're on there too. Yep, we are on Facebook. We did get some submissions on Facebook too. So you're welcome to submit stuff there too. I finally got messages, notifications turned on. So sorry to all those of you who were messaging us and I didn't even know, but we got you now. And let us know what your favorite Pokemon game is and why and your favorite Pokemon. And you could win yourself a copy of Red or Blue and a whole bunch of other Pokemon swag, which I think swag stands for stuff we all get. <laughs> But in in this scenario, it's just stuff that one of you is going to get. Yeah. All right, my friend. Before we close the show out with our music segment, do you have anything else? I think that is all. Um, This has been by far the longest episode we've ever done, but it was worth it. It was a good game. I was going to say worth it. (laughs) Worth it. I had a great time, and hopefully there are some of you left still listening. Yeah. All right, guys, today's music segment comes from uh, Mikel. Again, he was on episode 42 with Zelda and Chill. He actually has another fantastic album called Poke and Chill. Yes. Um, And it's so good. It is. It's It's just really good. good. Uh, The song is Route 30, um, and it's on the Game Chops label, which, again, if you don't know anything about them, they have a bunch of really great video game remixes. So, um, yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, If you do like his music, he just put out a new EP. Yes, uh, it is called Pink Penguin. So <laughs> feel free to go check it out and support him if you like what you hear here. So I think that that is going to wrap up the show. Yes, but we will see you next time in Pokemon Stadium. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.